Blog Talk Radio. afternoon people this is black writer space radio show and tonight our guest is tiffany real i have my co-host with me mario gibbons mario good evening hey what's going on what's going on too much too much too much you ready i'm ready i think our guest is on hold i think she's Hello? Hello? Hello, Tiffany? Yes. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for um, allowing us to um, invite you on our show tonight. I have my co-host with me, uh, Mario Givens. Hey, how you doing tonight, Tiffany? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. That's good. I thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, not a problem. You have a um, really amazing story. I've been going through your um, website. I have the book. I didn't get to complete the book, but I did read some of the book. But you're just going through your website. Wow, you have a lot, a lot that you've been through. It's a part of life. You know, I can't really complain. Okay. That's good. You have such a positive attitude after all of that. Everyone doesn't do that. But um, so let's dig right in about your book. Now, the name of the book is called The Mind and Soul of Tiffany Real. So tell us about that. Who is Tiffany Real and, and what is about her mind and soul that we need to know? Well, <clears throat> the reason why I'm called Tiffany Real is because all of my life, People have always said, you know, she might be a little abrasive, but, you know, she's going to give it to you real. So that's how I got the name Tiffany Real. But, you know, I did feel like my story is every story. Okay. 
they don't feel comfortable sharing or they hold it inside for, you know, fear of being rejected or mm-hmm. talked about in a negative way. So, you know, if I put it out there for everybody, then maybe other people will, you know, let some things go. Because you can't be free when you're holding in a bunch of stuff. And I believe in being free. Okay. That's a good thing. That's really good. Okay, so take us through your, um, let me see. On your website it says that you were, um, you've been in foster homes, you were abused as a child. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, growing up, my mother, you know, she didn't, I wrote about this in my book as well, but you know, she didn't like me very much, and she would tell me that she hated me and I was her personal punching bag, and, you know, you never knew what kind of day it was going to be when you walked through the door. And um, it wasn't until I turned 35, the day before Michael Jackson passed away, actually, that I found out that her husband is not my biological father. So... That kind of explains why she was so abusive to me because, you know, I'm the oldest of her six children, and they all have the same dad, but I felt like I was a reminder of her past. So Mm -hmm. um, I started running away when I was 11 years old and ended up in foster care when I was 13, and... I ran away all the time because I didn't fit in. You know, they stick a black girl in the suburbs with white families, and you go to school, everybody at the school knows that you're the foster kid. So I would run away. So when I became 15 years old, the judge really didn't know what to do with me because, you know, I didn't get into fights and I didn't steal or nothing like that. I just ran away. So I became emancipated at the age of 15. Okay. Wow. And it says you became a mother at the age of 17. Tell us about that experience. Um, The person that I had my first child with, my first three children with, you know, I guess he was kind of like an escape because I really didn't have, I really didn't have a relationship with my parents or my family. So, you know, looking for love in all the right places. He was a little bit older and everything, and we hooked up and had children, and it was just an awful situation. But I became a mother, and, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's bad because I was a teenager, and, Mm-hmm. But it was a good thing because, you know, my, my baby saved my life because who knows where I would have been today without them. Right. Okay, so with you going through teenage um, parenting, how do you use that to um, kind of, like, encourage your children so that they don't go down the same path that you did? Well, one thing that um, I have done is I lead by example. So, you know, things that I didn't want my children to do, I didn't do. Like, 
having a whole bunch of people running in and out the house and mm-hmm. drinking and smoking and stuff. I didn't do none of that around my children, and <clears throat> I just had to be the example. You know, education is very important to me, so I made sure that they stayed in the library. They love to read. They love music, old-school music. So <clears throat> it's funny because my daughter, when she was in the eighth grade, the teacher asked all the students what kind of music they liked, and everybody was going around, Soldier Boy, Lil Wayne, blah, blah, blah. So when it got to my daughter, she was like, I like Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Jacksons, mm-hmm. Ice Cream Brothers, stuff like that. And then he was like, who is your mother and how old is she? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I have seven children, and I don't have any grandchildren. You know, my oldest daughter, she's in college. She won $33,000 in grants and scholarships. My other kids are on the honor roll. My oldest son, he's working, doing his thing. And, you know, I just had to do what I had to do. I had to put myself aside for them so that they could be the best they could be. Okay, sounds like you did a great job with that. You've really done a lot. Um, You did get your GED, and you attended college. Mm -hmm. So you didn't, um, that's good, and... um, really an honor that you did not let your situation or your childhood life stop you from moving forward in your adulthood. So that's really amazing. Well, you know, growing up, even now, I'm 38 years old right now, and um, I just don't feel like I'm in my own. So until I get it right, Okay. Until, okay. until I get it right, you know, mm-hmm. I just have to keep doing what I have to do until I feel I'm in my right space because I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I couldn't be a drug addict or anything because it just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it also says that you experienced being homeless? Yeah. Tell us how did that happen and how did you how did you deal with that? That's, Atlanta that's is not a pretty Atlanta's pretty but it's not pretty. It has a lot of ugliness to it. And um there's a, just a lot of ugly people here. There's some great people here, but it's an ugly town. It's not like some places like New York. You go to New York and it's easy to get stuff. But it's not that easy to get things here. And so you know, I don't have any family or friends here in Atlanta, so I had just got a job. It was part-time, and I didn't really have anywhere to go. So, you know, I stayed in an abandoned building until I got my first check and stuff like that. But it it was cool. Wow. It didn't. For me, I'm the type of person where when I'm going through something, I don't really focus on the problem. I concentrate on finding a solution because I find that when you're down and you're just smoking and groping about what's going on, it seems to last a lot longer. But when you focus on the solution, it tends to just, you get one really quick. And that's always been my life story. So I don't really get upset when bad things happen. I just say, you know, how am I going to get out of this situation positively because 
you know, laying on my back or doing whatever. That's just not an option for me. And as long as I do things right, you know, God gets me out of it every time. Wow. Okay. That's um, very encouraging. Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, I I pretty much, um, when I was reading everything about you, and first off, let me say thank you for coming on the show and allowing the listeners as well as me and Tiffany to hear your story because, You've been through a lot, and you are a very strong woman to go through these things and look at you now, you know. But one thing that that I looked at was the Slater Elementary School. That's something that really standing out to me. Like, can you explain to everybody about the Slater Elementary School and about the Reading for a Better Future in Atlanta? Yeah, Um I had an event at um, Slater Elementary School. That's a school my son attends, and it's Reading for a Better Future. And what I did basically is I got a lot of local authors and um, business owners to come together, and we had an assembly for the whole school, and they were given books. And then we broke up into different classrooms and spoke to a class, and I spoke to a third-grade class. And basically... I didn't want to just stand there and just talk about myself and everything. I wanted to include the children. So what I did is I asked all the children what their hobbies were and what careers they could have with those hobbies. And then if somebody said they wanted to be a basketball player or a football player or whatever, I explained to the class that it's important to always have a backup for the backup to the backup because if one thing doesn't pan out, they can do something else. And so as I was talking to the children, they were really involved. And one little boy, he started to cry. And I told him, I told the whole class, no matter what your parents may be doing negative, you always know in your heart that you can be the best. And I don't care what anybody tells you. It doesn't matter if you live in a project or whatever. You can be whatever it is you want to be. And you tell them that Miss Tiffany says so. So as I was leaving, I made sure I shook everybody's hand and, you know, they wanted to give me a hug and everything. And only one parent showed out of the whole school, and she thanked me for coming in and everything. And, you know, reading has always been important to me because my third-grade teacher, Miss Morrison, she read the boxcar children to us, and that is what got me into reading because I could see the images in my head so clear. And so... When my son graduated from kindergarten, I heard a woman, a little girl say, Miss Tiffany, Miss Tiffany. And I turned around, and it was one of the third graders. And she came over, and she gave me a hug, and she said, Miss Tiffany, I remember everything that you told me. And so we took pictures, and it was a good thing because a lot of times these children, especially in the inner city, they don't have people to sit down and talk to them because their parents are busy for whatever, but, you know, I think reading is fun. I encourage people to do it all the time, and, you know, that's why I wanted to have the event, and it was very successful. Right. Wow. And I I also noticed that that you do the birthday read and feed for the homeless. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because it seems to me that you're a mentor. Well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, read and feed for the homeless. <clears throat> I did that last Thanksgiving, and with that, I found a little 
church in Atlanta, and every Sunday they donate food to the homeless. So I asked them if I could celebrate my birthday with them. So what I did, I asked for volunteers. I went on Facebook, and people donated books. People donated toiletries, socks, whatever. Um, my owner of a salon, she donated free haircuts in her salon so the guys could come in and watch the football games and stuff like that. So that day, I didn't dress up or anything. I wanted to just be incognito, as I like to say, and um, had on some jeans and a shirt. And I just went out there and I talked to the people. I gave them the books and the toiletries and stuff, and I fed them, got into the food line, and went around taking pictures and just listening to the people and talking to them and everything. And I didn't do it for notoriety or anything because when the pastor asked me to speak, I refused to speak because it wasn't about me. I wanted that day to be normal. The guys were in there getting hair washes and shaves and their haircuts watching the game, and for one day they were home. And that's all I wanted for the people. Wow. Okay, we're going to go to break on that note, and we will be right back. Oh, girl, you blow my mind. I'll always 
Hello, we are back. And for those who just tuned in or who are listening through the phone lines or either on the Internet, we have author Tiffany Grill with us today. And she is author of um, The Mind and Soul of Tiffany Grill. And um, this is an amazing woman. She has been through so much and has still stood strong throughout everything. So now you are... um, you you've done a lot of um motivational speaking that's really I, I really like that um i'm looking at the um it takes a village to get things done mm-hmm. house of tiffany real right um celebration of my new life let's talk about that you are really doing big things and I really like the uh, statement that you made about when you're going through something, you don't look at the um, bad side of it. You find, try to find a solution. Right. Um, yeah, that's not common today. Um, a lot of people uh, kind of get stuck in elaborating on, oh, it's so bad, you know. So that's really, really amazing, and, and it's really awesome that you didn't do that, and yet you don't do that because that's going to get you further and further and further ahead. So I really want to um, just give you thumbs up on that. Um, but the House of Real, of Tiffany Real, is a celebration of your new life. Right. Uh, tell us about that. Well, um, when I um, got the House of Tiffany Real, that was, you know, me coming out with my book and and everything. When I was 14 years old, you know, my teacher took a short story that I'd written to a college professor, a friend of hers at Syracuse University, and he told her to tell me to keep writing because I had a gift. So I was very excited about it, and I told my dad, and, you know, he said, well, you know, writers don't make any money, so you really need to think about doing something else. And when he said that, it, like, shattered my joy. I mean... And I didn't write again till I was, like, 27 years old. And even then, I still didn't let anybody see my work. I just kept it to myself. But um, so when my book came out, I decided I wanted a logo, House of Tiffany Real, and I want to start an entertainment house. But I'm changing that. House of Tiffany Real is going to be the publishing side, but the name of my company is going to be ATR Studios because right now I'm writing a play called What If, and I'm going to be writing and producing the public service announcements, and I write songs, and I do a lot of different things as far as writing goes. And um, so ATR is just the house that holds House of Tiffany Rail and all the other things, T-shirt line, and there's just a lot of things that I want to do because, you know, there's a lot of talented people out here, and a lot of people don't get exposed because in the entertainment field, there's only a small group of blacks that are chosen. And my thing is, with all these directors, producers, actors, videographers, photographers, makeup artists and stuff, if we'd all get together to work on one major project, Mm-hmm. you know, then it would be a lot better than, you know, these small 
everybody and their mama's writing a book. Everybody and their mama has a movie. You know, if we all put our resources together and create one big production, people can't ignore that. So HCR is a way for people to come together, me to work with other people so that we can make some beautiful projects. And it takes a village to get things done. I say that line because, you know, nobody can do anything on this earth by themselves. And when I get to the top, I want to look around and see a whole bunch of people with me. So that's why I use that line. That is really amazing. Right. Okay. Um, We are getting an echo, and I don't know where it's coming from, so just bear with us. But um, that is really good. You have so much to say and so much going on. I'm I'm really excited just reading your story, listening to you, and your attitude is so positive, and we need that today. Now tell us, what can Black Writer Space do to further your cause, to um, to help? What can we do? Um, just, um, you know, just get the word out, you know, I people informed of the things that I'm doing and everything. I really don't, you know, on my Facebook page, I promote a lot of people. I never promote myself, (laughs) but I love promoting other people because, you know, I'm a consumer, so I like to read, I like to watch movies, I like to do, you know, I support everybody. But, you know, I just would like your support. You know, you can post my book up or something, mention it every once in a while, or, you know, when my play comes together, you know, I just like to network with people and stuff. I, you know, I don't really like people to blow me up because it's not, um, I'm just not that type of person. And I know it's funny because I am, like, trying to do things on the entertainment side, but I'm like the person, you know how you got people that say I'm blessed and highly favored. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go around, I'm Tiffany Real, you know what I'm saying? I want people to just, right. just, when I walk in the room, I don't want to have to have a big entourage. I just want the people to know me because of my acts. So, you know, if people have nice things to say about me, I appreciate it, but I'm not the one to kick in the door, waving the four fours and say, hey, I'm here. I'm just not that type of person. Okay. Right. Well, pretty much before we get into your book, um, how can the listeners or somebody who want to buy your book purchase your book? They can go to Amazon.com or they can go to BarnesandNobles.com. Okay. Well, hey, I pretty much want to a... talk a little. Nothing. I, you know what? You don't. Okay. You can't purchase your book from your website? No. Okay. Okay. I should put probably add a link on there. Um, I'm so busy. Like I said, I'm writing a play right now. And so after the first of the year, then people will be able to buy the books on my website and stuff like that. But I'm really focused on this play and trying to get a graphic designer for my T-shirt line. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. Amazon and Barnes & Nobles can do the work while (laughs) while I'm trying to get this done. Okay. Mario, what were you going to say? Well, pretty much I want to talk about is, well, before we get into the book, Black Writer Space will help promote your book because you need to start promoting yourself 
and also promoting others but yourself as well. I pretty much want to talk a little bit more about the titles of your chapters. Like, you have a lot of things going on in, your, in the table of contents. Like, right. Like, um, you got the coma, domestic violence, sleeping with a married man, the perfect man, the revenge backfire. Like, out of all these titles and and chapters, which one? Brings out the book. Like, which one, if I open up this book and you say, you need to go to page 13 or page 23, like, which one of those chapters the readers need to go right to? Um, the conversation. The conversation. Why that? That one, because um, that is a poem before I get into that, my book is a compilation of different things, fiction, nonfiction, erotica, song, poetry, everything wrapped up into one. I didn't want to fit into any particular genre because that's not me. I never fit anywhere. I've always been the black sheep, so I didn't want to fit into one particular genre. But if anybody was to read it, they would probably say it was self-help or something. But the conversation is a little poem that I wrote between me and God. Um, it's short. If you don't mind me, I can read it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It's, let's see, the conversation. Sitting in the park, looking to the sky. Why me? Why not? I am bad. You strive to be good. I don't listen. You come when I call. I talk too much. You reach the masses with my words. I don't know Bible scriptures. You speak and live them every day. People say my writings inspire them. You're bringing them closer to me. Why me? Why not? I'm not worthy. That's who? I've sinned a million times. Who has it? Why give me blessings when I have made so many poor choices? Despite all that you have done, you have continued to seek me out. You love me no matter what you do, no matter what you go through, and you never blame me for your troubles. In the end, you always allow me to lead the way. I love you, and I will give you what belongs to you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. I know. That's it. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I have, wow. I can't even get my thoughts right. together after that one. But it was another one that kind of, I'm not going to say confuse me, but it kind of disrespecting the dead. Like, what do that really mean, like, from your point of view? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> let me go back oh. to it because, oh, my goodness, I haven't read my book in so long. Okay. I want to say, I don't want to misspeak, but um, disrespecting the dead you know, when people are alive and everything, you know, people say what they have to say, but when they die, mm -hmm. people still talk bad about them. You know, when the person's gone, you're gone. You know, whatever they may have done on this earth, you know, you leave it to rest when you put them in the dirt. So when I wrote it, that's the mindset I had when I wrote it because, you know, Mike passed away and, you know, People just dogged him while he was living, you know. 
Now he's mm. gone. You still dog. And I mean, my goodness, when does he get to rest? First of mm. all, you wasting time on somebody that's not even here no more. Right. He's gone. Let him be gone. So that was my mindset when I wrote it. Mm. Wow. Do you do you plan on doing some type of traveling with this book? Like because as we see, you are an inspiration and you're a mentor. Do you want to travel to different cities and states and talk not only about your story about, but reading to the to the children, reading to the homeless all over the United States of America? How would you feel about yeah. doing that? Yeah, mm. that's some um, part of my plan as well. You know, HPR Studios. Part of me having that. You know, I want to be like Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you know, with every kind of ice cream that they sell, I think 10% goes to charity. So, you know, with my company, I plan to go around the United States and, you know, talk to children, talk to the homeless, talk to um, women that, you know, have problems with domestic violence and drugs and stuff like that because, you know, I can't do what I do and not give back because that's a part of me. I'd rather do that first than do the other part. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And once, you know, the company is up and running, then I will do that. But in 2012, in March, I'm having a fashion show at an area nursing home. And what I'm doing, because I love the elderly too, and what I'm doing is, you know, kids today, they think you have to spend a lot of money on clothes and everything. So I'm having a dress for less fashion show, and I'm going to have 10 of the seniors as my models, and then I'll have volunteers to escort them and also children to do a little mini fashion show. But all the clothes have to come from consignment shops because you can dress real nice and get your clothes from consignment shops, and nobody would ever know. But people today feel they got to go to the mall, they got to spend all this money to look jazzy and stuff like that when you don't. So I'm going to have an old school DJ come and play some elderly hits and, you know, give these elderly some things to do to break up the monotony. So, you know, speaking around the country, that's my goal too. Wow. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. Uh, before we go to break, I would like to tell you that Black Writers Space would like to invite you to Chicago and come up with some type of solution to help the youth through, through our reading, through our writing. You know what I mean? So I want to touch bases with you a little bit more about that after the show so we can try to come up with a solution to help save these babies. You know what I mean? Oh, well, that's great because I have ideas already, so that works. <laughs> that really works. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break, uh, and we're going to come back, and we're going to get a little bit more in depth with Tiffany Real. Okay, we'll be right back.
Okay, we are back. And for those of you who just um, tuned in with us, we are speaking with author Tiffany Real. And we are discussing her book and her, she has so much going on. She has, um, she does a lot of motivational speaking. She has um, HDR Studios in the works. You said something about a t-shirt line. Um, She really, really is, is really going forth with this thing, um, with her vision, with her goals. And we just really want to embrace that today. Um, now, I've seen something. I have a question about a chapter. I think it's a poem in the book called um, Coma. Uh-huh. Can you tell me about that? I wrote that um, back when I was 27 years old. I'm 38 now. And uh, I wrote that because I felt like, I'm pulling it up right now, so um, I wrote that because I felt like, you know, I had been in a shell for so long, and, you know, when, you, when you're when you in that shell, it's, it's almost like you're a coma. You can hear everything around you, but you can't express yourself. You can't open yourself up and, and speak the way you want to speak, and do what you can do, but on the inside is there. So when that poem came to me, I was just sitting on the couch one day, and it just it just came, and I just wrote it down. And you know, a lot of people, I would imagine, feel that way at times. Hmm. And um, that's one of the best the best things I think I've ever written, <laughs> to be honest with you, because it just felt so real to me at the time and I had read it one time to some co-workers years ago and um, I wasn't paying attention to them because I was reading it and um, when I looked up everybody in the room was crying so I guess it all touched everybody in a different way Wow, wow. okay do you mind reading that to us? Sure, sure. it's called The Coma Eyes closed, peaceful, but not at peace. I'm in a fog here in this coma. The whispers they think I don't hear, making their feelings obviously clear. Do I really deserve this, being unable to speak? Here he is, holding my hand, saying he loves me as his tears fall out my face. Where were the tears when he cheated on me, kicked my ass or blackened my eyes? Please let me out of this shell that has me sealed and so tight. Please release me from this coma so I can scream with all my might. He's gone, thank God, again, alone, hearing the silence of the air, thinking about my life, the good and the bad, and I ask myself, was this all worth it? The door opens. Yes, I hear the footsteps as I smell a familiar sense of cologne. I feel his kiss on my forehead, my lips, and finally my nose. The electricity I feel from the touch of his lips, his kiss, He's here, the man to help me out of this coma that the other man in my life put me in. My eyes are fluttering, struggling to see. Then slightly I open my eyes to see the most beautiful smile on the planet. While squeezing his hand, I look into the eyes of a man that got to know me, likes me, accepts me, cherishes me, loves me, loves me, 
love me enough to stand by my side and help me out of the darkness and loneliness of a coma I've been in all of my life. Never will he truly know how much he's helped me by knowing me, wanting me, holding me, listening to me, loving me, freeing me, freeing me, freeing me. Wow. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. okay. Um, um, what I want to say about the... The coma poem is that that's really true about being in a shell most of your life and not able to come out and be yourself. I've experienced that myself, so I definitely can feel that. Now, I have a question. Many women are disrespected. So, what... What? How do you feel about the word bitch when it comes to women? Um, well, let me see. I wrote about it in my book, but I want to... I don't think that, you know, people should, when it comes to men and women relationships, I really don't think that a woman should want to be with a guy that calls them a bitch, you know, because, but at the same time, you know, the word, I use it as a person, place, or a thing <laughs> myself, just just being mm. honest, you know, if I, if I, don't know a name or if I don't know a place or something, I use the word. I don't use it every day all the time, but every once in a while. But I don't mean it in a derogatory sense. But, you know, some women, some women don't mind being called a bitch, but I look at it in a disrespectful way because anytime somebody's used it against me, it's always been a disrespectful thing. Like, if a guy tries to talk to me and I won't talk to him for whatever reason, then automatically you're bitch, you know, which to me I'm glad that he called me that because it lets me see his true colors. But, mm-hmm. you know, some some women grow up in environments where, you know, that's a normal conversation, that's, normal, that's the way, you know, every woman they know been treated and talked to to them is normal, but we have to change what's normal because as women, you know, we all say we want a good man, and I write about this often. Mm -hmm. We all say we want a good man, but what are we doing to get that good man? If we go to the club and we're dressed like a hooker on the street, we can't really expect a good man. I posted this the other day on Facebook. You know, he's not going to say, ooh, this is a girl I'm going to take home to mom going to say, how long is it going to take for me to get her draws? You know what I'm saying? So if we want to be treated a certain way, we have to present ourselves a certain way. So. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I honestly agree. I, I pretty much want to uh, talk a little bit more about 2012 is right around the corner. It's actually a couple of days from now. What do you have on your calendar? <clears throat> well, I have... I'm going to finish writing my play. That's the first thing that I'm going to do because I'm 10 pages or less short 
about finishing it, so I'm going to get that done. And I'm trying to find a graphic artist for my T-shirt line, and I'm preparing for my event in in March. But I'm also looking for um, some people that uh, play instruments and sing because I do write songs as well. And, you know, I want to be like Quincy Jones. I don't really want to sell my hooks and stuff to other people because I don't want them putting my hooks to some awful music or some mm-hmm. music that pertains to sex or drugs and stuff like that. So basically I want to be like Quincy and get the people together to do what I can't do and bring my stuff to life and then release it as a Tiffany Real project. Okay. So that's on the early agenda because when my new website comes out, I want to have a little, a little taste of everything that I'm trying to do the public service announcements and, you know, just different things so people can see that I'm moving in different directions. I don't want to be known as just an author. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, Black Writer Space, uh, we can offer graphic design for your T-shirt if you want that help. Okay. Yes, we do have that service. I can look into that. I mean, it, you know, everything about I, I'm the type of person that likes to give everybody a chance. You know, I'm grinding, and I like working with grinders. So when we climb the mountain, we're climbing together, helping push each other up and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of hard because when you're out here, you have people that are doing it, and when you look to them for advice or you look to them for some type of Assistance. I mean, I don't want anybody giving me anything because I'm willing to work for whatever it is that I do. But, you know, it's hard when people don't want to work with you. And, you know, I don't believe in looking at people as competition because there's enough for everybody out here. So you have so many people that's just focused on them. I want to be the one to, you know, pull people together so we can create a great thing for you know, our children, our great-grandchildren, and everything else. Wow. You are really going places, I must say. And in a minute, we're going to see you and hear about you on TV and all over the Internet because you are just nonstop, and I applaud that. Thank you. Um, we have some, we have a couple of callers. I know it's some people that call in to listen, but... I just want to make sure it's not some people that's sitting online and they want to have a question about your book or something. So I'm okay. Hello? We had this problem last night. It's like two other callers. Hello? Okay. I guess I just want to listen. Anyhow, we're going to move forward with the show. Um, Mario, you have anything else? Any other questions or comments? Well, I just pretty much want to say thank you again because, you know, your story is an inspiration to many of us, and we also would like to have you in Chicago telling your story in front of many of many people because talking over the radio is kind of limited, but you talking to many people 
in a gym room or in an auditorium. That means a lot. So I just want to say thank you for coming on the show, and hopefully we can do something after the show as far as the mentoring and traveling all over the United States helping others. Well, I'd love that, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And um, I just really appreciate it, you know. I mean, I, I just want to say this before and you guys go, but, you know, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm somebody super special because, you know, the things that I've been through were bad, but there's always people that go through worse. And, you know, a lot of people sell their souls to the devil because they want everything quick. They want the money. They want the cars. They want the houses and stuff like that. But, you know, God takes care of his own. And when you do right, it may take a little bit longer. It might be a tougher road to climb. But he's going to make sure that you get there. So, you know, this is a blessing being on your show and being invited to come to Chicago and stuff like that because, you know, he wants he has a job for me to do, and he's making sure that I do it, and I don't have to do craziness to get to it. So I thank him for having you guys allow me to come on your show. That's it. Well, we thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to even um, grant us the honor to have you here. And you are special. I don't agree with that. You you are a very special person. Anybody that can go through everything that you went through and still smile about it, still want to encourage others to help them come out of what their struggles are and what their situations are, no, you are special. So I don't I don't agree with you on that one. <laughs> but I understand you're humbled. You know, but no, you are special to us. So, and that's on Black Writer's Face. Thank you. No problem. We're going to wrap this show up tonight. Um, again, we want to thank you. We will be in contact with you concerning the HCR Studios and um, whatever you need as far as graphic design, but we really do, we will get with you about um, doing something here in Chicago. I can't wait. I love that. I always wanted to come to Chicago anyway. <laughs> yeah, so look to um, hear from us um, after the show. We definitely okay. will be contacting you. And, again, for the listeners, you can purchase her book at Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Right. Okay, and the name of her book is The Mind and Soul of Tiffany Real. So we are... Um, we're going to wrap this up, but we thank you so much. And, yes, you are special, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, people, we are going to take a short break, and we will be right back.
I just want to thank our listeners for tuning in with us tonight. Don't be laughing at me. Um, we had author Tiffany Real with us, and she really kept it real. Um, I'm excited about getting her here and doing an event here so we can get some of that motivational speaking. And just her story in itself was really, really encouraging. Um, Mario, you got anything you want to add? We've been doing shows every night this week. I don't know if um, you guys are paying attention, but I think we, Tuesday, Wednesday, today's Thursday, and we have another show tomorrow also. Tomorrow we're going to um, have Tiff's Editing Cafe. It's not me, but her name is Tiffany also, but she does editing. So we'll be um, going through some of her services and what she offers, those of you who are writing a book or um want to write a book or you're in the stages of editing where you have it down on paper but you need to um, get it edited to prepare for print, she offers those services. So we're going to chat with her a bit tomorrow and find out what she, um, what services she has to offer as far as editing and the book process. And uh, she also does bios and um, a couple of other things she does also. So we'll be chatting with her tomorrow. Mario, you there? Yeah, I'm there. I just want to say pretty much we need to get some more Marios on the show, all these Tiffany's coming on the show. You <laughs> I know, know we need some right? Because, I mean, if you're a listener and your name Mario, you need to uh, tune in and, and say something because I'm, I'm over here tripping about the, all these Tiffany's. But now uh, what I really want to talk about is mostly like for people who are listening to the show about Tiffany Real, the thing she went through, you don't even know the half of it, but you got to get the book. Right, right. Because I was reading some of the chapters earlier, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is a reality show right here. You know what I mean? So she ain't no, she ain't no joke. She is for real what she went through. 
she's the tip of the iceberg, so support the sister. I mean, because at the end of the day, we see this every day in Chicago, Atlanta, D.C., mm-hmm. no matter where you at, we see it every day, a child being abused, uh, the parents don't care, you know, they out here killing each other, they don't, they can write a sentence, you know what I mean? So we got to do our part, and we we need people like this who are inspirations, you know what I mean, to help out with this community that, to me, is almost like a disaster right now. But we can fix it, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can fix it, and like she said, it takes a village to fix it. That's what our ancestors was talking about. It takes more than one person to help the community, so let's do it. Yeah. That's pretty much what I took from not only the book, but from her personality, from you can hear her passion, her pain when she was speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sounded like Michelle a little bit, but <laughs> you can still hear the passion and the pain in her voice. So support the mm-hmm. sister. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Yeah, and uh, once again, you can purchase her book on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. I don't know if she has a, a Kindle version or not, but um, I'm sure she does. I'm, she probably does. But um, that's that's I'm sure once you get to the book, you know, you can hear so much and you can read the back of the book and and see a little sample. But it's nothing like being able to go through the pages. Like, oh wow, she went through this. This happened and that happened. So. Um, that's definitely a, a nice book to pick up. Mario, no um, poems for us tonight. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Remember last night I said I'll be asking you every night. I'm actually uh, working on a poem right now called One Stem. I actually put it on Facebook, a little skit from it, but right now I'm pretty much don't have... Facebook got it before we did? No, no, it's <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, it's just a, it was just a little skit I put on there, you know, just to let people know that I am working on a project right now. I haven't sat down and, and really uh, thought about it much, but one stem is pretty much symbolizing a woman and a flower. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that they both become one thing. So when you when you hear it or read it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see if you can tell the difference between when I'm talking about the flower or the part when I'm talking about the woman. Okay. So that's pretty much it. I mean, as of right now, I, I don't have nothing. I knew you were going to get me. I knew it. Mm-hmm. But Just expect it. How about that? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I think we have a good show every time we have a show. If you ask me, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, really, I think that all the um, the the guests that we've had on the show have been really interesting and out of the norm. But that's what I like. I want them to be out of the norm. I don't want the same average. You know, okay, they story was just like the other one. No, it's right. everybody has something different to offer, and uh, I love it. I really love it. I, I do, and like everybody, pretty much have something different they're talking about and and it's bringing something into what we're doing as far as black writer space and as you can see everybody that we talk to their story is pretty much about what's going on in the world itself yeah pretty much and they have something to offer to enhance bettering our society so i think that's really important and uh also we want to um 
invite our listeners to visit our blog. We do have a blog. I don't have a lot on there, and I, I really need to go on there and update it. But um, we have a blog. It's www.blackwriterspace, with two S's, .blogspot.com. Feel free to visit our blog. We have a, a networking site. That's blackwriterspace, with two S's, .com, and you can actually go on there and join and create your own profile and post pictures and videos and all kind of stuff on there while it's still free because that's not going to be free uh, for long. So get in there, create your profile, and become a, a part of our uh, community here at Black Writer Space. Also, we have a group on Facebook. We have a like page, and we have a personal page. So we're in the process of launching the magazine. So some of oh, yeah. our – Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of yeah, our guests that we have on the radio show will be featured in the magazine, and then some that you have not heard will be in the magazine. So um, we're trying to keep it moving over here, it along with what's up? You know what? I do have something for y'all. See, here you go. Yeah, I got you back. Yeah, I got something for y'all. I mean, it's something old, but this this poem. Maybe old that I wrote, but it's still new to new to life because this is something we need every day in relationships and, and marriages and stuff like that. So I got something for y'all. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Go ahead. Because I don't I don't want you to to hold it against me. Like you ain't said point yesterday. You said you gonna say on every show. I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna say Go something. Go ahead. You need some music. Not only on me. I, I'm just I can put Tebow back red. on. No, okay. no, no, no. I don't, uh, not on uh, I don't feel like getting, I don't feel like stepping like. But roses are red. No, nah, I ain't gonna do that. Here we go. Mm-mm. Hey, I, I can do it. Roses are red. I'm but sure here you we can. Go. It's called my vow to you. And my vow to you is true. The consistency of my love is faithful. I will never lie to you. My feelings plus your feelings equals forever. Situations may get bad. As long as we got each other, our lives will continue to get better. My vow to you is true. Some days I may not have a clue. As long as you by my side, the other days I would know what to do. The kneel-down proposal I present in front of you is a lifetime commitment. I want to share my heart and soul with you. This promise I made would never be broken. It's an honor to have a woman like you. You are my infinite token. My sexual desire may burn when you're not around. I look at the longevity of this love. I present you with a royal crown. My vow to you is true. As long as the sky remains blue, the faithfulness of my soul and my mind and desire, I will always love you. Mm. That's it. I was looking for some more. You done stopped out early. It should have been some well, more. I, to... I don't know. Just I... felt like, I don't know. I was all into that. I'm like, okay, you should have had some music with that one. I'm going to have to play Peebo after that one. What's up with you in this Peebo? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to hear some Smokey, though. I don't want to hear no Peebo. No, I don't want to hear no Smokey mm-hmm. either, but <laughs> that's just a poem that, that, that's my favorite poem. For those of them, that is my favorite poem because I feel like 
when you saying a vow to a person, mm-hmm. and it's not just somebody who's getting married. It's just when you stand in front of that person and you love that person, mm-hmm. that's, that's it right there. You know, like the sky going to always be blue. So if that sky going to always be blue and you tell that person you love them, I mean, there you go. It's, that's forever. That's forever, you know what I mean, and that's just my favorite poem, you know what I mean. I think the world needs a vow, you know what I mean. Rather it's stop the crime, let's love each other, let's let's respect each other, you know. Let's look ourselves in the mirror every day before we even step outside into this into this jungle, into this into this world, and say, you know what, I love you. Tell yourself you love yourself, you know. That way, when you come out here. It don't really bother you as much because God will always have you, but you got to have yourself too. Right. So make and that if vow, you don't love yourself, you can't love nobody else. Right. You know, we 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 go on these Facebooks, these MySpaces, Twitters. Right, the list can go on. We can talk to our friends. We can talk to all these people about our problems, everything. But you got to help yourself. You know what I mean? You got to look yourself in that mirror, you know. And I always say the mirror because, when you look in that mirror, you're only seeing yourself. You're only seeing yourself. That problem is right there in front of you. I have problems. You have problems. The world has problems, but we can fix it and minimize certain things if we look ourselves in the mirror and tell ourselves we love each other. I love myself and try to help the next person. Yeah, we can't save everybody, but we can save as many people we can, though. I, I really believe we can do that. Yes, absolutely. I believe we can, too. Like she said earlier in the show about um, if all of us came together, I mean, she was naming, you know, the entertainment industry, but period. If people just came together and put their minds together and do some stuff, we can really change some things, create some stuff, change some things, and, and create some more stuff. So... I mean, I, I agree because, like, for instance, the, the situation that happened last night with the church's uh, chicken situation, you know, that we're losing a lot of businesses in our neighborhoods because of what we're doing. What you happened know, in Church of Chicken? With the shooting, you know, a couple of people got killed, a couple of people got mm-hmm. shot. I mean, I don't really know too much about the situation as much, but at the end of the day, when something happens, we lose businesses. We lose opportunities. You know, we lose a lot of things because of the crime, because of the lack of education, you know, the lack of applying ourselves to do better. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to give us nothing. We have to earn it. We know where we at in this world as a race. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? We're going to keep blaming somebody else or we're going to keep looking at ourselves in the mirror right. and saying, what can I do? Right. So that's pretty much what we need to do. Yeah. We can blame somebody every day. Yeah. So on that note, we're going to um wrap things up. We'll be back tomorrow at seven and we'll have tips editing cafe. So anybody writing a book needs some tips on editing, tune in with us. Mario, talk to you later. Thank, I want to thank all our listeners for listening in and taking the time out of our busy schedule. I see some of the same numbers popping up, so that's a really good thing to see that we have a consistent consistency with our uh, 
listening world out there. So we just want to thank you guys. We we um we're honored that you take the time out of your busy schedule to make sure you listen in on our show. So and we want to hear from you guys sometimes. Um, I will be having the chat open. We had some technical difficulties tonight with the echo. I don't know what was going on, but I didn't have the chat open. I wasn't even able to. I usually um post. They have a thing where I can post on Facebook and Twitter that we're on air, and that wouldn't even work. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, right. Tomorrow we'll be back at 7, <laughs> and um, hopefully you guys will be back with us. Thank you, and have a great night.
Love after all I've been with me. 